Coming to you from the Yard Dogs Podcast Studio. A show for the fans by the fans. Talking all things Cleveland Browns from our mic to your ears. To your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand and Mikey P. Yes, and welcome to the Yard Dogs Podcast, a show for the fans, by the fans. I'm your host, Jason Hand. You can find me on Twitter, at Browns Huddle. You can also find this podcast on Twitter, at Yard Dogs Pod. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, have a story to tell, and want to share it, Hit us up on Twitter. Our DMs are wide open. You can find us there. We're very responsive. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review. And please, this is important, share this show with other Browns fans because sharing this show helps more than you'll ever know. We are streaming live on our Facebook page at Yard Dogs Podcast, on Twitter at Yard Dogs Pod, and YouTube, Yard Dogs Podcast. You can find the Yard Dogs podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. While you're there, give us a follow so that way we can remind you every time a new episode is available. Joining me, you can see him. He's live. Mikey P. You can find him on Twitter at MikeyP422. He's my co-host, my side dog, my partner in crime. Mikey P., how we doing tonight, buddy? We're doing good. We're doing good, man. It's the 1st of February. You know, we're... we're getting through the longest month that felt like it was for a whole year by itself. Um, so, you know, we got that going for us. Uh, we're going to have a great guest on the show with us, you know, joining us. Um, yes. From down under um, talking about things that I love talking about, which are Browns backers clubs uh, as a fellow member of a Browns backers club and, and, and an officer. Like I'm, I'm very happy to talk with this guy. We'll get into some NFL headlines too, as a lot happened, like a lot this weekend today, like no shortage of NFL headlines right now. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and then we'll kind of get into maybe some Super Bowl predictions. I got the Super Bowl two weeks away um, between two teams that uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, one of them was getting some Super Bowl love and the other one kind of came out of nowhere. So complete nowhere, <laughs> complete nowhere. I mean, uh, they were they were not projected to to make the Super Bowl, so um, definitely some 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 great stuff to talk about, and then you know some some not so nice NFL headlines that are going on too. We'll we'll get into that too, also. Yeah, we'll we'll try to unpack all of that during this episode. Mikey P, I'm excited. We've been ramping up for this month for for a while now, um, and that's the month of February where we are honoring. Browns backers worldwide all this month for the entire month of February. That's four episodes. Uh, we will be honoring the largest organized sports fan club in the world, the Browns backers. Um, we have special guests lined up for this month to talk about their clubs. Next week, we have Kevin McAndrews with Chase Browns backers in Lakewood, Ohio. Next uh, week after that, we have Mac with the big easy, you know, down in new Orleans and, mm-hmm. And then the fourth week, we have my pops, John Hand. He's going to talk about the Phoenix North Browns Bar in Phoenix, Arizona. But first, you know, to kick off this month uh, in honoring Browns backers worldwide, we have a very special guest. He was on 
our podcast uh, last last year, season one, and that is David Evan Smith, all the way from like it, as you mentioned, all the way from Australia, the down under Melbourne, uh, Australia. So we're going to go ahead and bring him into the stream right now, David. Welcome to the yard. Good day, boys. Welcome. Thank good you. Good day. Good day. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a, a great time. We were talking to pre-recording. It was uh, this year around this time uh, we 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 had we chatted for a while. Um, I think it was during the pandemic. Everybody was on lockdown, and uh, we talked about the Browns for a while and, and had a great time. Absolutely. Yeah, and we did our uh, did our uh, our score predictions on wins, and we both sucked. We did. <laughs> <laughs> the, was the it bad? Uh, uh, from memory, uh, you know, the only one that I remember I got right was the conceding a loss to Green Bay on Christmas Day, uh, and that was the, the the wins that I had us pinned for. They clearly didn't uh, eventuate, but that is football. What do we always say as Browns fans? Mm-hmm. There's always next year. There's the always next year, and we weren't the only ones that were off base on our predictions. Absolutely, you no, know, no, so no, we, no. we definitely weren't on an island there, David. No, absolutely not. I am on an island, but we weren't yeah. on that island. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's one thing. See, when you when you're doing those uh, pr- predictions, and I do my preseason predictions, like you're doing it all based off of everyone stays healthy. There's no drama that comes ensues. Uh, no injury bug hits you. No COVID outbreak happens. Yep. And then once yep. that kind of stuff happens, you know that's kind of when things can get derailed. I mean, I didn't have us. I mean, the year before when we went to the playoffs, like that's not what I predict predicted us. It's kind of inverted. I the record we had in 2020 is what I picked in 2021, and what I picked yep. in 2020 is what we were in 2021. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I was a little bit the same. We were. I was. I thought we were about six to eight months ahead mm-hmm. when we went to that that playoff game, and I thought fantastic. That's setting us up moving forward. Uh, clearly, I didn't expect it to be like that meme I've posted a number of times of the Red Bull Formula One race car when all four wheels shoot off and it's tearing down the straight and it just drops on its belly. Yeah. That's kind of uh, that's kind of what happened, you know. Injuries, as you said, injuries, COVID outbreaks, um, uh, drama, drama. That's the only way we can put it, wasn't it? It was a, it was like an episode of Dallas meets Young and the Restless meets, yeah. in our case, Home and Away here in Australia. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, yeah, it, it turned to a, to put a no finer point on a bit of a shit show. But there's always next year as Browns fans, always, so always. It's- Interesting, you say Browns fans. You know, you know, we're talking to you. Obviously, you're you're in uh, in Australia and Melbourne, Australia. I'm always, yes, yes. I'm always interested. Like, you know, sometimes you run into people that they live uh, in other states or they live in other countries, and they were born in Ohio. They have some type of uh, Ohio tie. Like, um, tell us, like, how do, how did you become a fan? So, I have an Ohio tie. Okay. Um, my mum when she was in primary school after the Second World War, they gave out pen pals to allies. Somewhere along the line, she became friends with this this girl, um, uh, Joanne, uh, who I affectionately refer to as my aunt now. You know, we're, we're, she's got three girls. I'm one of three boys. Okay. We, consider each, we consider each other cousins. Um, Joanne, having three girls, had never had anything to do with boys. She found out that all myself and my two brothers were sports mad. Um, and she was sending us calves, Indians, and brown oh. stuff, you know, for birthday presents and Christmas presents. And then we would send stuff, Australian stuff and Australiana stuff, back to the girls. 
um, in, in Ohio. So they were in Seven Hills. Um, we're still friends. I still chat to them regularly on, on Facebook. That's probably the only good thing about Facebook. And you can see us, beautiful yeah. human beings, today. Um, uh, so, yeah, they became pen pals. They stayed in contact. They lost contact as they went to, you know, university and, and college and so forth and got married and had children. Um, Auntie Joanne sent a letter to my now late grandmother at her old address, happened mm -hmm. to still live there, which is, the, the, funnily enough, the house I bought 22 years ago um, and uh, is now our family home being renovated. Um, and we all got back in contact. And as I said, I was getting Browns stickers. I had a Browns placemat from one of the, um, from one of the fast food restaurants that was from the 88, 89 team. So you had Michael Dean Perry, Webster Slaughter, Reggie Langhorn, um, Bernie Kosar. And then we would only get um, once a week on a Monday night, the highlights. What I, I guess what developed into NFL Red Zone, mm -hmm. we kind of got here as a package on our government broadcaster and you'd stay up at 10.30 at night now for a, 14-year-old, that's probably not late these days, but as a 14-year-old who was doing a paper round at five in the morning, that was very bloody late. Um, so you catch up and watch the games, you know, and then it sort of grew from there. The NFL really took off in Australia in that time, in that, that late 80s when it was big. You know, you had your, your Montanas, you had your um, Elways, you had your Cosa, you, know, you had the, the end of Marino, that's right. You know, all the – and it, it took everyone's imagination and mine – just blew with it like my mind was blown with it you know these big men smashing into one another you know it was kind of everything we love so if you've ever seen australian rules football we don't wear pads it's a cool. 360 degree game and that hard hitting tackling high marks we call it a mark when you go up ahead you know you see reggie go up over a pack you know in the end zone and take a mark or webster you know streaming down the side you know that back shoulder all that stuff just the sport and the thrill of it all was was it I adopted the Browns and hated Elway probably as much as anyone from Denver did. Uh, sorry, anyone from Cleveland did, you know, and the Broncos. So they were my, my nemesis. But um, uh, And then when the team, uh, you know, got shipped off, um, you know, you kind of felt a bit lost. You know, you, follow, you, you followed teams, mm -hmm. but you didn't. You didn't invest in teams, you know, because right. in 1989, 1990, I had an exchange student who was born and raised in Chicago, but raised in um, Rochester, upstate New York. And he was a Bears fan. So they kind of became my surrogate team in the down years. Um, um, and I kept a little bit of an eye on the Steelers because when I played gridiron here in Australia, or we call it gridiron, American football here in Australia, I played for the Southeastern Steelers. Mm -hmm. So I know that pains a lot of Browns fans. It pained me to put on the yellow and black. But Oh, my gosh. But it, it was fun to play. You know, I got to play, you know, I got to play as a middle linebacker and a left outside linebacker. Um, I was lucky enough to, as a, as a junior in, in the under-19s, um, when I played for a team called the Hawthorne Hurricanes, we wore um, uh, the University of Miami name as the Hurricanes, but we wore the University of um, Hawaii's colours. So we had the gotcha. rainbow rainbow um, stripes with the uh, Kelly green uniform, white numbers, like it was a sharp looking uniform. We had a ball doing that. I got to play for Melbourne um, as that, again, as an inside and outside linebacker, or middle linebacker and a left outside linebacker. Um, uh, yeah, so, and when they came back in 99, you know, 
I cried like a baby, um, as most of us probably did. We've got our club back. We've got our team back. And then you had so much hope. And then you sort of saw the draft unfold and there wasn't the concessions given to the other expansion teams because we weren't an expansion team. And I think that really set us back. I really yeah. genuinely believe that was the start of almost like, yeah, you've been here and done it before. You know what to do. Well, kind of, but no. Well, it's interesting that you, you say that about the 99. I, I recently saw an interview with Carmen Policy, and there was a lot of stuff that he let out that I didn't realize took place. Like when they initially told the Browns they were going to get a team again, they didn't. they told them you would get a team. They never said you're getting an expansion team. So the yeah. expansion process should have actually started about two years earlier than it should have started. So we were kind of behind the eight ball. At one point, we were actually potentially going to get uh, another a relocation team from somewhere else uh, relocating. So almost the NFL kind of used us as pawns to, like, if you go back during that time frame, there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams that got stadiums built right around that time. So it's like the uh, Browns are kind of used as the pawns. Uh, I think you'll find their hands in some of these other cities. Absolutely, and I think you'll find that those teams were told, "Build new, or you get Cleveland." Mm -hmm. And they basically went, "Okay." And you go back through that, probably from about ninety six, ninety seven, because this doesn't just happen overnight. It's no. not Pantene. It's not Pantene shampoo. Um, it. it would have started 96, 97, and all these people that got heads up, and you have a look at all, like you said, Mikey, all the stadiums that started to come online or were being built or designed and finished, probably right up until even 2002, I'd argue, yep. were those teams that were possibly going to be sent to Cleveland. But we had, as you all remember, we had the records, the colours, the, the flags, everything that was Cleveland was kept in Cleveland, and that was due to the city and the people of the city. So mm -hmm. that is amazing. You know, you think about what's going on in it's first time that's ever happened, right? Absolutely. And, 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 yeah. it, and it, carried, it carries over to today. Have a look at Tennessee and um, uh, Texas, the two teams and the colors and the names. Who owns the Oilers? It should be going back. Mm -hmm. You know, it should be the Texas Oilers, but, Tennessee won't sell them because they own that blue, they own the white, and they own the oil rig from memory. Because when they right. went there, of course, they went from Nashville. Was it was it was Nashville, wasn't it? Nashville Oilers then to Tennessee. Right. Yep, they were Nashville. I think for that one that first season. While that stadium was being finished, mm -hmm. and then they became the Tennessee Oilers, and then they became the Tennessee Titans, which of course is a, a pull down from the New York Titans. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like my NFL history too. I'm a bit of a nut. Nah, <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a, a weird Aussie, you know. Like we know we love to do stuff, and this is where we found the club. This is the, the club was started by uh, um, Max, who um, he keeps a bit more of a lower profile on Twitter than I do. Some of us are a little bit lunacy, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> Let, let's get let's get into that. Uh, your Browns Backers Club. It's in yeah. Melbourne, Australia. Yep. Um, yep. How many members are are a part of your club? On the list, and I have to go through it again, but we have about 75 to 90 email addresses. But on the reg, we have about a dozen people that keep in contact on WhatsApp and, and Twitter, mostly WhatsApp, and probably about eight to 10 that meet 
on semi-regular due to timing of games right. um, at one of two pubs here in Melbourne in the city um, and, and obviously COVID permitting um, that made up for, for drinks days. Um, and we're looking at expanding that to doing some more charity work because we, we know that a lot of the Browns backers clubs take the lead. And this is where you can really sort of dip your, your, your lid to, to Dee and Jimmy is they're very community orientated. And we have started to talk about doing more in our community when we can get together and do some stuff to try and raise some money for a couple of charities that we're looking at um, um, doing um, that are both that are very close to our heart. One of them being a, a prostate cancer mm -hmm. um, donation because one of our members is battling prostate cancer at the moment and on a bucket load of, of trial medications and other medications and that. And then there's another one that we're looking at as well. So yeah, yeah. So we, we've got 10 to 12 that meet on the semi-reg and, and have a beer and a, and a, and a pie while watching a game. But yeah. yeah no, and, I, and I think what a lot of people have to understand is tr traditional Browns backers clubs would get together during the football game, but that's really not possible in Australia because the, the games, the typical one o'clock kickoffs or what time, in Australia, it's on a Monday, number one, right? But yeah, yeah. Mon Monday, anywhere between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Oh, wow. So, um, so you're not yeah. meeting at the pub. <laughs> not meeting at the pub. There is a club, There is a pub that is open because they do the – they're also very heavily into the EPL, the Amer English Premier League. So mm -hmm. they, do have, they do have a license that allows them, but most of us have to go to work. You right. Know, right. You, 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 the bosses don't appreciate, you know, falling asleep at the desk at, uh, if you're at a desk job and – I know mine certainly wouldn't, um, but um, the, the games that really work for us are, are your Sunday night games. Mm -hmm. So they're a, they're a midday ish um, on a happy hour five o'clock. Yeah, well, they're a midday. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So midday in Australia is your is your, um, your your Sunday night game, and then if you've got the Monday night football, that's Tuesday lunchtime. So if we've got days off, like with my rotating roster. Um, I might have a Monday or a Tuesday off, and I'll, I can try and meet the guys in there and have a beer and watch the game. And, and we did it recently for the Steelers game, even though that was just gut wrenching. Like that was a that was. Just... What, what about the the NFL draft? Do you guys try to get together for that? Yes, we do. Um, yeah. and, and there's a few other guys that we get in and around that also look come into the draft who are very big into the fantasy. So we haven't done anything yet because we're still sort of on tender hooks here with how many people can meet in a place um, with COVID and everything like that. So we're sort of, but we might just do it at somebody's house because that's, yeah, those, okay. those restrictions have been lifted. Um, uh, as I said, I'm currently in a rental, so that's not going to work with uh, three kids, a dog, and uh, my wife is a midwife who also works shift work. So we'll have to meet at someone else's place. If anyone's listening, you're nominating yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Have you ever had anybody from Ohio come in and look your chapter up and, and come for a visit? Absolutely, yes. Um, uh, one of the girls and her partner were here two years ago, and the, uh -huh. only, reason I, the only reason I couldn't uh, attend, and I think it's a fair reason, um, my daughter had been born only about five to seven days earlier. <laughs> so, I started, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I was doing the school drop-off and pick-up with the uh, with the two older ones, and the, the baby had been born. So I figured that probably would would benefit my life expectancy if I stayed home and helped the wife. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Monica, she came out and uh, and and met up with um, uh, Bar Uncle Barrels, who's on Twitter at 
at Uncle Barrel's. He, uh, they went and had a had a, a few beers, and he took them around the Melbourne CBD and a few other places. But they were out here on holiday, and they had a they had a ball. But I've had a number of people, um, you know, speak to me on on Twitter, say, and and this is where I've heard you guys talk in the past about you're right for the most part, and take the last two weeks out, um, and it happens every year that seemingly Brown's Twitter has imploded and everyone's lost their marbles. Right. Um, those of us that want to stay positive and have fun, we can still do that. And those are, those are the guys that have reached out and said, if I ever get to Australia, can we hook up and have a yes. beer or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, twist my arm. Yep. Sure. You know, and we've got the whole clubs like that, the, the very accommodating. We want people, and that's why we want to get a bit more active in the community is to not mm-hmm. only promote the club, but we want to promote the charities that we're looking at donating to because then they can see... Yes, you're following an American sport, you know, 11,000 kilometres away, but you're doing it for multiple reasons, you know. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. We've had, we've had one that I know of since I joined the club about three or four years ago. Okay. The club's been going for nearly, nearly, nearly 10 years, I think. I was sort of on the periphery because I didn't really know how to get involved. And ever right. since that, uh, Max made me the vice president. And hence the reason I kind of... Do all these sorts of things. So I love having a yarn. I can talk the leg off a chair with a mouthful of marbles underwater, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I mean, if you ever, if you guys ever want to, uh, you know, pick my brain, I'm I'm always open. Uh, I'm, I'm the treasurer for our local Browns chapter here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So we do a lot with, you know, we have a monthly charity that we usually do during the season. So love to help yeah. you guys in, in any way as possible too. Fantastic, mate. We'll, um, we'll, yeah, we'll have a yarn offline about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's just um, that, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get a bit more exposure. We know that there's more out there, more, more fans of the Browns out there because we know um, from, uh, funnily enough, um, Facebook Marketplace because people are selling items that they've bought from mm-hmm. the fan shop and um, fanatics and all that that are either too big or too small. We know that they're there. But it's just then making contact. So we bought a, um, a Nick Chubb jersey um, that, funnily enough, doesn't fit me, and it probably doesn't fit ninety percent of our uh, our I'll call them bandmates, our bandmates, the, the band of merry men. So we're actually getting it framed with um, a little plaque, you know, Nicholas Jamal Chubb drafted, you know, thirty three to. So we're going to put a little plaque on it. We've got a, a, a place around the corner from here that actually does mounted jerseys, and we're going to actually uh, mount it uh, at awesome. the pub. So, yeah, with the Melbourne Browns backers logo, we're, we're working on our own T-shirts. Well, I'm actually doing that at the moment. I've got Browns backers T-shirt for Melbourne organised. So, you know, and one of the boys is turning 40 soon, and he wants to go to Cleveland. So we're trying to get a boy's trip away, fingers <laughs> crossed, that we can come over for a game and hopefully meet up with a handful of you guys. And if we've got our... Um, Ducks in a row, you know. Hand out some uh, Melbourne's brown backers T-shirts to add to your collection. Add to your collections that, you know, because what I said before it was about thirty-five bucks shipping from Melbourne to Cleveland or to where yeah, you guys. Are. Yeah, shipping. Shipping is is the crazy part. Uh, now, carry carry it in a brief in a suitcase. It's a lot easier. That, now, a lot of Browns backers clubs, uh, especially the ones in Ohio, they have a lot of you know, of course, alumni that just stay in the area. They don't move after they played for the team. If you guys, as your club, could have one former Browns player like at an event with uh, with your members, like who who would you guys want? If you could pick one person, 
Wow. I put you on the spot a little bit there. <laughs> Look, I I think just the way I hear him speak on, on Cleveland Browns Daily, you'd just have to say Bernie. He's beloved. Um, but I would I would love to hear um, you know, from blokes like uh, uh, Michael Dean Perry or um Oh um, man. Um just about his time and all the you know the stuff just that and also you know any stories that he might be able to relay from William you know mm-hmm. the fridge you know those sorts of hearing from him or um, uh, you know Eric Metcalf he was a beloved one as well you know maybe get a he's the one with the uh, the stogies isn't he yeah he's got a sto- he's got a stogie yeah. uh, business on the side now too come on come on down <laughs> I like hey I like a good stogie too that's how um. It's funny. I've uh, you know crossed paths with him a couple times on Twitter. Uh, yes, yeah. From his love of cigars, and you know, I also he was like one of my top five uh, players that I followed growing up. So yeah, yeah, it, it was it was amazing, you know. And the, the, those the, hearing those names, you know, when he when they called them out, you know, mm-hmm. as I said before, you know, Cosada slaughter down the down the left sideline, or you know, Langhorn over the top. You know, you just go, oh, yeah, Eric, you no know, breaks a tackle, you know. And what, and what people don't realize, like these guys now, when they have their uh, you know, special week, they allow them to customize these cleats, and and these guys are paying these like well-renowned artists to to doll their cleats up. Like back in the day, Webster Slaughter was spray painting his uh, his cleats with some Dupont paint. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, there's that there's a photo that sort of yeah. circulates every six to twelve months with him standing there with a yeah, yeah. with the, the paint, and, and like you know how how um, ridiculous does it get with the the fines, you know, these yep. guys, a lot of them want to be raising money for their charities. Why aren't mm-hmm. they just wearing cleats every week? Now, the, the, the question is, is the NFL going to raise an eyebrow to um, Bengals number nine, who consistently wears an LSU bracelet? Mm, I did notice that a couple weeks ago. He had the LSU yeah. br- bracelet on his uh, on non-throwing his, hand. On his non-throwing hand where he has yeah, his mm-hmm. uh, uh, play, well, play yeah, card. Yeah, you know, the, the, they, they get out there and and some of those guys, they'll like, uh, they'll fine them, or you know, they get they get a fine afterwards. And well, except for that one time, uh, what was it OBJ? They made him go in at halftime and change it. And they told him if he didn't, they were going to eject him from the game. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, like I've never heard them threaten to eject somebody. I've heard them, you know, you're going to get a twenty five thousand dollar fine next week, but wow. ejecting someone from a game was a little much. But you know, and you know, and you know that it had nothing to do with anything but the fact that they were from here because we all love a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. and every time it seems to be it's always the browns isn't it yep. i think with um um bengals number nine wearing that lsu i'm pretty sure miles has to be subjected to a drug test yeah <laughs> <laughs> he only had 10 this year yeah and possibly james harrison might be fine which is um, the max <laughs> they can they the max is 10 they can only test them 10 times and they they tested him 10 times i, I do have a uh have a theory about that and that is that they have got clearly evidence of him being clean what they do is is they go right we're testing three to five hundred players a year Mm -hmm. and from that those three to five hundred tests we have a 97 percent success rate never mind that really we're testing 30 players 10 times and one one or two times one bloke's stuffed up some people never get tested. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. And there's there's guys out there that may not be as big as Miles, but you could 
you know, you can make an assumption that they're they're not necessarily clean. Now, marijuana's out of the equation now, and that's fine. I've got no issues with that. We have different rules here in Australia about marijuana, mm. so that, that to us isn't that's neither here nor there. But performance enhancing and other things, I'm sure you'll find are still rife. Yeah. I'm at the end of the day. If it's sports for sports, you know, like let it. If, if as long as it's a legal substance, I want I want all my million dollar athletes taking performance enhancing drugs. As long as they're as long as they're legal, like let them fire away. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's your body in the end of the day, and it's going to exactly. break down. As long as it's not causing harm, and it's and it's at the end of the day, there's no harm, no foul for me. That's how I look at. It. But that's not you know that's not how they. Not how they apply it, and that's no. I mean, they, they have to look at it long term. You know, they they're trying to protect their brand. You know, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, let, let's put a bow on that. Your Browns backers club in Melbourne, Australia. Do, do you guys have a uh, a viewing site like it? So, if I was to go to Melbourne, say during draft time, and you guys are holding an event, what what, what establishment would that be at? It'd be at the Imperial Hotel uh, in the city. Uh, okay. Uh, um, or if depending on again uh, limits, would also go to a place uh, called the Sherlock Holmes. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, which is actually a, a, a little English style tavern. Okay. Under, underneath a hotel. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, when I first went there in the in the early nineties, because here in Australia you can be eighteen and enjoy a uh, public house. Um, okay. They used to have four to six English beers on tap, including a good old-fashioned pump-style tap, and they wow. would have four or five tall, you know, sort of your, your seven-foot beer fridges with the glass doors that you have, you know, your, your catering-style fridge. Um, so they probably have five, five of those, and each of them would be filled with a lot of different English beers. So you could go in there and you could travel literally all over England just by its beers in this um, <laughs> in this pub. And obviously, since the pandemic and everything, it's shrunk down quite a bit. But it's still a gorgeous little pub <laughs> underneath um, with uh, well, they got they four or five TVs, and they had uh, yeah they had the Steelers Browns game on for us. And you know we're in the main main bar sitting down watching that. Um, yeah, yeah, great little joint. Did, did the uh, beer coolers unlock uh, after Baker's game versus the Jets? We never got any here in Australia. We don't get Bud Light. We get. They were we probably get, never locked to begin with in Australia because you guys can throw down some beer. I hear that's the rumor on the street. Yeah, room, word on the yeah word on the street is we do enjoy a cold frothy one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you said, start you start early. You start at eighteen. So yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, eighteen. <clears throat> yes, definitely eighteen. Uh-huh. Never earlier. Um, uh, yeah, no, we never sadly got them, so we don't get um, we don't get Bud Light. We get Bud and um, all the commercial beers that we get are Bud Miller and Coors. Um, we get a lot of, as you'd appreciate, we get a lot of the boutique stuff now. Um, Melbourne, especially, is very much into their microbreweries. Like even you know, come and visit me here. Within a twenty-five minute drive in just about in every direction. I reckon I could take you about 13 or 14 microbreweries. Oh, wow. Including three gin distilleries. Yep. So three, yeah, there's three gin distilleries not far from here. And there'd be, there's heaps of microbreweries. So we get a lot of the American beers now from your micro or, you know, semi-micro 
that have probably been bought out by, but sadly, none of the Great Lakes and no Joe Thomas Kolsch. Mm. Well, Alicia on Facebook says she's booking her flights. Yeah, so she, she's on, coming. Uh, Mikey P. and I, now that you said microbrew, we're coming too. Yeah. Yep, come on down. I'll teach, <laughs> I'll, teach, I'll, I'll teach you to eat Vegemite properly, not, not like I, actual I got, grease. I got two six-packs of Colch, too, so I'm bringing a Colch for you. There you go. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> I was actually going to have a beer, but I thought, no, no, it's a bit early. 11.30 is even a little bit early for me. The yeah. old saying, sun's got to be up past the yard arm. <laughs> I, on my days off i don't play by those rules if i feel like having a beer i have a beer if i don't i don't you know anything goes right. on a day off yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well uh let, let's get into some nfl headlines we have some headlines today first off let's start with tom brady um adam Schefter reported a couple days ago that he was going to retire it, it broke all through twitter i think i even tweeted about it and then Tom Brady came out and said, whoa, let's pump the brakes. I didn't actually make an official announcement yet. Well, today he actually did make the announcement after 22-year career, seven Super Bowl champion, seven-time Super Bowl champion. He's been to 10. He calls it a career. You know, in my lifetime, he's the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game, and I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks. I know you guys have as well. What are your thoughts about Tom Brady, his retirement, and the overall career that he's had in the NFL? Completely outstanding. Um, look, as a Browns fan, you, you hated his, his ability and you would have loved to have had him. But knowing how much dysfunction was at the Browns at that time, we would have destroyed him like we destroyed 37,911 other quarterbacks. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, he the thing I liked was the fact that he was able to leave Belichick, get another Super Bowl and prove that it wasn't a fluke. And he was almost, you know, he was literally, what, a minute away from... From Thirty-three seconds. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they, they, they just kept coming back in that game, and it was it was unreal. And I remember a couple of years ago, he said, "I'll retire when I suck." And I think he just just decided, you know what? It's taking too long to suck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my legs are going to fall off, my shoulders going to fall off, and possibly the uh, avocado crop's not going to be good this year. So I'll have to I'll have to retire now. I think he's also ready. Like he's done that TB12 diet and lifestyle for so many years. I think he's ready to have some beers and uh, play some, some golf, you know, eat, eat some sugar, hey, maybe have a donut or two every once yep. in a while. Like yep. I, I yep. think he's ready to kind of enjoy life. Uh, he's you know made millions of dollars. So you know, and someone like Brady will probably end up on TV somewhere if he wants to do that. I mean, he can he do whatever he wants at this point. Yeah. He's got a supermodel wife who's a multimillionaire. Is actually worth more than he is. Yep. <laughs> I mean, so yep. he's going to enjoy life, enjoy his kids. Uh, and, uh, I mean, what a great career, man. I mean, I, I'm jealous of it. Like, uh, I tell this story. A good buddy of mine hated football growing up, didn't like the sport. And I watched it so much. Finally, he was just like, I want to hang out with you, dude and play video games later, but I don't want to watch football. Then he got to the point, I was like, well, I'm going to watch football. I need a team, so help me pick a team. I was like, pick the worst team there is. And it happened to be the year the Patriots were like 1-15. They, they drafted Drew Bledsoe next year. And then all this time, years later, he's just this huge Patriots fan. He always laughs at me. He says, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have enjoyed this, uh, this six wrong. Super Bowls if it wasn't for you. It, <laughs> so it, 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 it is. It is a, it's funny. But, I mean, you could even argue – 
the fact that you could break his career, and I think somebody did it uh, even last year, even when he was changing, into two mm-hmm. two segments. You know, his first 10, 11 years and his second 10, 11 years, and they almost mirror one another with completions, percentages. You know, you have a look at the stats that came out today, and he's one in all of them. I mean, if, if there's two lay-down Mazaire first ballot Hoffs, it's Brady and Joe Thomas, mm-hmm. from my mind. Um, you know, and Brady's ahead of Thomas. I like, we all love Joe, but Brady's just accomplished so much. And I think you're right. I think television would be an interesting thing for him. He is articulate and he is thoughtful. And I mean, I always think back to, you know, I used to think he was a bit of a, you know, I don't know, just wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't my cup of tea. Until I saw that interview when that little kid got up and asked him who his hero was. And then you can automatically go, oh, actually, yeah, Tommy, you're actually not that bad a bloke, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and you go, Is that what he said? It was his dad? Yeah. He said, he's, yeah, he's, my hero's yeah. my dad. And he, and he kind of paused and he was kind of getting a tear in his eye. Like, you know, and you go, that, that shows that he's actually mindful, thoughtful, and not necessarily as um, um, full of himself as some might think all the time. I mm-hmm. thought this kid, just bear with us. Sorry. Oh, no. No, it's right. Um, just very mindful and thoughtful of, of his surrounds. He's aware of what's going on, and he respected this kid's um, um, question. I think he would be good uh, in a, one of the television programs, you know, maybe one of the morning-style ones, mm-hmm. where he can, you know, have an opinion on that without getting too carried away with all the, the hullabaloo. Anyway, I don't know. I think he'll be able to do, like I said, I think he's a lot like Peyton Manning. Uh, he'll be able to do whatever he wants to do. Um, and oh, him on that show, the Paintings and Brady, that'd, uh, the Mannings that would, and Brady, that would be, that'd be a cracking show. And it, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic that Big Ben retires and thinks he's going to be the, um, you know, the, 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 the big quarterback to retire this year. And then Tom Brady's kind of steps, takes, takes his parade from him a little bit. Ben, Ben, <laughs> I, I thought that I thought Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were just a perfect marriage in the NFL. You know, basically, I know Tom Brady's been away from Bill for the past couple of years, but the first twenty years, I mean, you couldn't have made a better pairing. You know, I know they've had their controversies with Spygate and Balk. You know, I, I don't really care about all that personally, um, but I, I just admire the way that they ran their organization um just top notch they're all business you know when it's time to play they play brady elevates all the players around him he's just a leader and so is bill belichick um we were lucky enough to have him as the browns head coach before you know before we moved to baltimore but the what ifs a lot of what ifs there but but tom brady we're all three viewers listeners were lucky enough to have seen him play and there, there's nobody better than Tom Brady. I, I don't really think we'll him. ever see anybody like Tom Brady ever again. No, no. I don't think so at this point. Yeah, it's seven Super Bowls is just an insane number. I mean, I remember it's when ridiculous. people said that we'd never see a quarterback win more than four when, you know, after Montana won four and then we saw seven. And it's like, especially now with the, you know, the, the, the players don't play as long. The the free agency um, is killer, and it's, it's just Q- so QBs are well protected too. They're, they so are I mean, absolutely a protected species. 
I, I remember when Aaron Rodgers won his first Super Bowl, and people are like, "He's going to be on par with Brady by the time his career is over." And we're still—he's still never even been back to a Super Bowl since that. Correct. Yep. 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 You know, and Tom Brady put a hell of a bow on his career. You know, with, with Tampa Bay going there. You know, we just mentioned earlier. You know, he won a Super Bowl last year. Came damn close to going to it again this year. You know, I believe if he would have beat the Rams, he, I, you know, I think that he would have. Uh, you know, he would be playing in two weeks, but that just didn't happen. Um, what a career. Yeah. Tom Brady, yeah, 22 no, years, salute, hanging it up. Salute him for everything he did because, yeah, he made football when it was probably not as fun as it was, more, mm-hmm. you know, bringing back some fun to it. You know, how, how good, even, even as a Browns fan, you watch those – those deep balls, you know, um, to Moss and those sorts of things. And you go, wow, like that's athleticism. And, and almost the, the narrative change with Brady sitting on the, on the sideline on the bench started at that 27-3 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Put his head down and when Brady looks like this, you know, it's kind of like a John Wick thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's about to unleash hell. And, and he did. And he, and he had that same look a couple of times this year and a few mm-hmm. times last year when they were in the hole and he kind of, sat down, focused himself, got the, the boys around him, refocused and re-energized, and they won. He yep. knows how to win. And it, it, and it's proven. So, yeah, I mean, um, kudos to you, Tom. Uh, hell of a career. Wish, wish you would have had that career with my team, of course, but congratulations. No, Enjoy retirement. Relax for a little bit. Don't, don't uh, let that body heal up. And I'm sure he's probably listening to this live, or certainly oh, yeah. he'll he'll catch the replay. He, I'm sure. he downloads the podcast weekly. I, I've seen it yeah. on the uh, Spotify report. Like it's well, uh, email it to him. T Brady. <laughs> yeah, that's right, T, T Brady. And 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 G Brady does too. I think Giselle is a listener also. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, <laughs> probably one of the kids. Yeah, and and he's and his dad. Yep, Thomas <laughs> right. Thomas Thomas Edward Patrick. Brady Senior. Yeah, it's cool. T. It's T. Brady twelve. It just didn't tell us that it's uh, Taylor Brady, who's twelve years old, out of uh, out of Massachusetts. <laughs> um, other other NFL news. This is something the Browns don't have to go through this year, which is a coaching change. Um, yay! That's right. Yeah, lift Three up those arms. Thank Woo! God. But there are teams, several teams that are. There's a couple teams that have hired a, a head coach, the Raiders. What, what do you guys think about Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders? Do you think that's a good fit? I I think it – I don't know if it will be long-term a good fit. Um, if Josh McDaniels has learned from his past transgressions when he was with Denver, but I feel like he took this job now because, um, once again, he's going to have full roster control again even though he has Dave Ziegler coming in as GM. Um, the rumor on the streets is the reason he took this job is because he's going to get full say over roster. Um, let's hope he does a better job with it this time than he did with in Denver. Um, if he turns up. But, um, I mean, they have a, they have a, they have a decently talented team. I mean, um, I don't, you know, I don't know if, uh, if Derek Carr is his, is going to be his guy or not. Um, you know, there's, there's some rumor on the streets, of course, that Josh McDaniels was a huge Baker fan. So could that be where you new faces and new places, you do a swap of quarterbacks looking for a change of scenery. I don't know. but I, I don't see him taking that kind of, 
risk, right? I mean, because that's why he lost his job the first time when that, he got, that's you know, what, took that's a what chance saying. on like, Tim Tebow. That was the rumor on the street, but I, I think this time, uh, if he's learned from his you know his past mistakes, like he, he will probably uh, let it be Derek Carr's job until Derek Carr loses the job. At this point, not not come in there and immediately trade away the, the starting quarterback. No, no, I think I think. He will have to have learnt from his past transgressions because, you know, what did he do? He just got up and walked away, didn't he, from Denver? Is he going to turn up to LA? I mean, oh, sorry, Las Vegas. I mean, the reason he didn't, one of the reasons that he didn't get our job mm-hmm. was because they wouldn't give him full control. So he kind of lost interest. He wants that full control. That's right. why he's brought Ziegler in because he probably can maybe not control him per se, but maybe persuade him. Uh, convince him. Well, it's kind of like Gruden and Mayock, right? I mean, yeah, Gruden was calling the shots. Absolutely, yeah. Mayock was just the mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is, you know, this this Belichick tree that everyone keeps banging on about really hasn't uh, flourished or fruited, shall we say, mm-hmm. um, as 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 one would have expected, because clearly Bill doesn't lay all his cards on the table, whereas you look at the um, Stefanski, the Kyle Shanahan's, those, you know, those five guys, six guys, you know, Green Bay, San Fran, us, formerly of Minnesota, you know, um, they are starting to develop their own identities, you know what I mean? They are growing within in the league and within themselves. So, let's see. I mean, he's had, what, he had 12 years, 10 years or something under Belichick or with Belichick? Mm -hmm. And he's not a dumb guy. He's a, he's a very smart guy. Very savvy. Yep. He's very yep. good with his X's and O's. And uh, we'll just have to see how he is with his people the, skills. The fact that he got—I mean, he—he he won a playoff game with Tim Tebow as his quarterback, like against the Steelers. Made, that was as awesome. Far, as for as far as like talent evaluation, maybe he missed the boat on that. But that he was able to have a winning season with but, Tim Tebow but, as his quarterback and win a playoff game. Having, having said that, sorry, Mikey, having said that, you do wonder how much Bill Belichick and Urban Meyer influenced that. Because obviously Bill and Urban are really good mates. Mm-hmm. Urban, on that, what ended up being an absolutely strange team, that championship team of Florida, mm-hmm. um, you know, both highs and lows that we all, all know about, and Netflix has certainly made shows about, um, <laughs> you know, Tebow was his the apple of his eye almost. Now, mm-hmm. how much did Urban influence Bill and Bill go? Well, he doesn't really suit me, but he might suit that Denver uh, offense with you know the higher altitude, the ball going a little bit further. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, I Very really possible. don't know. I mean, you know, you only have to have a look at, at probably one of the topics that, that Jace is going to bring up next is the um, technical faux pas of texting the wrong coach, congratulating him three days early. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we will definitely know, yeah. get into that. <laughs> that no, is like, going to be I, next. I do want to. I do want to talk about Mikey P. You'd mentioned that you know Derek Carr may or may not be Josh McDaniels' guy, and it it brings me to this question to you guys. I think I counted nine head coaching vacancies. Um, yes, nine. One, two, the, three, the, four. Have already coming open. 
with the yeah. Saints coming open. Four have already been filled. With with all these coaching changes, do you guys see a big QB carousel going on, or is it just all fluff? Uh, I think it, it it depends on the first ball moving in the in that direction. Um, we could potentially see like a, a a mass carousel of quarterbacks moving around, or we could see no movement. Uh, potentially. Right. I, I think it all depends on whoever makes the first move because you kind of set the market at that point. So say Deshaun Watson gets cleared and he's able to be able to trade it. And now you see someone trade three first round picks. Well, then all of a sudden anyone interested in the Russell Wilson market is probably looking at that. Okay. Well, if, if he's three first round picks and is, are they going to ask for two first round picks or a first and a third. And I just think it all depends on who like the first, that first uh, quarterback that, gets on the carousel ride and and starts the ball rolling like which, which so you're thinking it could be a domino effect kind and, of and i and i think you're gonna see some teams sit back and wait too uh you know we have the senior bowl this weekend um you're gonna start having uh the combine uh college pro days um you know it, it, a week ago people were telling us that this is the worst quarterback class since like the year geno smith was a first round pick. And now I'm hearing people that are at the senior bowl that Malik Willis looks super special and and he's transcendent talent and all this stuff. And you're like, okay, so now his name's creeping up there. You have the Kenny Pickett name that's, that's going out there. There now, now his stats about how many fumbles he's had in his years at Pitt and he's got small hands. So it just depends on, you know, where it is and, and, the first domino that drops, then then you'll probably see a bunch of pieces move. But I think I think everybody right now is kind of holding their cards, um, waiting for the dominoes to fall. And then you also got to like fill these coaching vacancies have to be filled first too. That that's a that's a. It seems like a lot of jobs were open this year, right? I mean, usually it seems like there's maybe five, six, maybe. Yeah, usually, coaching changes a year. Usually yeah. that many, but I mean, there were some surprises. Like, I, I think for me, usually four or five. Yeah, yeah, usually it's not that's many. pretty normal yeah, year. Like, yeah, I, it's almost I, double that, or at least double that. You know, it's a quarter of the league. There were some surprises. Like, uh, you know, obviously, like, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer really wasn't a surprise. You know, they had, you know, he kind of was turning into, I call it the Jeff Fisher 2.0, um, you know, the king of seven and nine, eight and eight every year and just missing the playoffs or making that as a wild card. The David Coley one kind of surprised me. Um, I mean, the guy had one year and he, it, it didn't surprise me. He I, won I, I five, think he was a gap. Four or five games, but I don't think they ever really wanted to hire him. No. Um, so it was a weird it was just a weird a weird one that you know the yeah, Urban, Sean was a, Urban was a train wreck. We knew that was coming. But I was shocked that the Dolphins fired Brian Brian Flores because I felt like they were they were trending upwards. Um and I feel like they finally had Tua playing uh Good football. Good football where they can win games with him. Their defense was, was really looking really solid. The Sean Payton one was was kind of, you know, that came out of left field because everybody was talking about, you know, them getting Russell Wilson or bringing Aaron Rodgers in possibly. And then Sean Payton. That, that was, none, of that, none of that was ever going to happen. Yeah. I wasn't super surprised by um, Sean leaving because the they're the cap. $74 million over the cap. $74 million. <laughs> Now, we'd all, even like half of that now, bank balance right about yes. now. 
you know, but $74 million, he has two years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how the hell they're going to fix it. I know, like, they've got outs with um, their running back QB, QB running back um, Hill, um, but they haven't really got any other outs, I don't think, to, to wind mm. back that $74 million, unless there's some retirements coming that we don't know about. Or um, some trades are going to have to happen in there. Well, they're, they're going to, but who's going to pick up? Who's got? Who's got? Let's, for our argument's sake, they're going to have to have say roughly three players, roughly around the fifteen to eighteen million dollar mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just as a, just as a, as a, you know, fifteen to eighteen million by three to sort of eat into half of that. You know, he's probably a receiver, a D lineman, a, an offensive lineman, maybe someone in the secondary. But he hasn't played really. I mean, I mean, he didn't play at all last Who's year. Who's going to pick up? Played Who's four, got that money? Four or six games the year before that. So it's been like two years since you've actually seen him play. Um, but who is willing to give up fifteen million dollars for a potential? You know what I mean? I know yeah. every year's the potential. We were talking off, off air about the the injuries, and we opened up the show with that. But you know, you're still talking. You know, somewhere between fifteen and eighteen million dollars that you need to pick up, and then you've got to find out what's their dead cap space. Mm-hmm. Um, issues, you know, there's so much to do that I reckon the Saints are going to be a non-factor. Even with the increase in um, salaries over the next couple of years, they're going to be a, a potentially a non-factor for probably five years. Yeah, they're they're going to be. They're probably you're probably looking at a total uh, reboot and rebuild for them. They're going to they're going to tear it down to the studs because seventy four million dollars. That is. It's probably why Sean Payton got the hell out of there. It's, that, it's, that's, exactly, that's exactly my thinking, Jace. It, it's also why they're right. saying Dennis Allen is probably more than likely going to be the, the their new they're going to, they're, there's talk that he may be the new head coach because at that point you look at let's let's let him come in here and take some L's while we basically redo and rebuild the roster, and then once we get into a place where we can draft say our next quarterback, then we go out and get the coach we really want. So out of the nine, Giants have, you know, pre-announced theirs. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Who are, So we've got Saints, Las Vegas, Giants, Denver, Texas. Oh, sorry, the Texans. Uh, Chicago, Tennessee, Minnesota, and Miami. Who Chicago has announced theirs. That Matt Eberflus in Chicago. That's mm-hmm. it. I couldn't, think of, I couldn't think of his name. Yep. So that's two off the board. There's Nathaniel Hackett's and... Denver, Denver yeah. which is an interesting one because I guess Green Bay OC, yeah. You don't you don't know like if they're they're for sale. So what does that do? Do they bring a new ownership group in, and then next year they're replacing? Uh, well, Denver's announced LA they're up for sale and, mm-hmm. today. Denver announced that they're up for sale that I yep. saw on mm-hmm. Twitter this morning. This morning, my time. Sorry. Um, has Josh McCowan been named the Texans head coach yet? Because that was pretty strong late last week. That was a wild report not. that I saw. I mean, how, how do you go from not really having any coaching experience at all to being the head coach of an NFL football team? I just don't get that. Well, I can tell you in Australian rules, uh, it has happened a couple of times. And How did it work out? Flaming heap. Dumpster, <laughs> dumpster fire. Gone. <laughs> you know, the, the player... And it was a playing captain of, of a premiership team to to retired for, I think, a year or two in the media and then into coaching with no coaching 
you know, underpinning it maybe apart from his sons, you know, under 16s or something like that, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, into, you know, Australia's uh, um, premier professional football ranks right. last of the season. Like it was just, it was, de- it was designed to fail from the beginning. Now I get it. You know, uh, Josh has been on a number of teams and been exposed to a number of coaches and probably picked their brains um, and and is a decent, um, you know, at times has shown he was a decent footballer on a number of levels. Um, he is clearly an astute and, and intelligent man, but you need to grind, don't you? Really? In this day and age? I, I, I think right now that Josh McCown noise is probably going to die down just based off of what's coming out with the Brian Flores situation and a team right now to circumvent and say, I'm going to hire a former quarterback. That's not been a head coach at any professional level, not even been a coordinator play no. caller at any professional level as head coach, all of a sudden would just be a slap in the face. And I think the NFL would step in and be like, look, uh, you you can't hire this guy. Well, wasn't wasn't there word on the street too towards the end of last year? Uh, sorry, twenty twenty two, end of twenty twenty when all this um, Deshaun Watson stuff blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, that he wanted to be with Brian, Brian Flores anyway, he and he wanted to go to Miami. So why isn't the natural progression, as has been spoken by some non talking heads, of Brian Flores and um, to Sean sitting down with um, um, the Texans people and seeing what mending can be done, Jack Easterby needs to go. I don't care what happens, but he needs to be. Fixed. That's a hell of a thought. Yeah, I like he that. He needs to go because I see him. You talk about a certain um, number less than 14 who was a potential cancer in locker rooms. He is a cancer. There is no doubt about it. There's something going on there that has completely unraveled that club. And people at, at, at New England didn't seem shattered that he left. You know what I mean? Um, so get rid of Easterby. Bring in Flores. Bring in, De, uh, Sean, uh, bring in Deshaun Watson. Sit down with ownership. Sit down with a, even a mediator, for goodness sake, and talk about what can be repaired in a relationship going forward because they're on the hook for a ton of money. Yeah. Get him in, talk to him. And if it all works out well, awesome. You've got a new coach who was clearly a good coach. He may need to work on some interpersonal skills. We've all got weaknesses. Maybe that's one of his, and that was one of the problems at Miami. But there's clearly some problems with ownership at Miami too, which is a whole different Mm -hmm. story. But you get those three in a room together with a mediator, sit down and talk. Maybe the Houston Texans become a, a really good team. Yeah, over. I mean, over, overnight they would be instantly a you know a playoff contending team with Watson back at there. I mean, they they still need to fix some some of their issues on offense too. Still, absolutely. But you absolutely. You, you put Watson back in the fold. Uh, somehow but the players would come if he if he's back in the fold. Right. I, I, thought, about, the fold I thought about that too and asked that question like, why couldn't they? But I, I mean, I, I, and I know sometimes it's like. Is it the owner now of the Texans? Is he just too prideful where he's like, I'm not bending. Like, the guy didn't want to be here when when, when I was trying to to, uh, Help to win and, and now he yeah. wants to leave. And it, it just – these guys sometimes, like, 
and you never know what goes through a billionaire's mind either too like someone's a billionaire he's like you know what at the end of the day i'd I'd rather uh i'm i'm still rich at the end of the day winning winning is cool but i'm not gonna i'd I'd rather not win i'd rather not win with without you than win with yeah 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 and look we we've all know and we we love a club that has had a history of interfering meddling small-minded billionaires mm-hmm. um you know we've got a history of it um and i'm not saying that we still don't knowing what came out in a report a few years ago and a few other bits and pieces i'm still not convinced there isn't sticky fingers stuffing things up i'm hoping that blokes like paul de Podesta and 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 ab are keeping it at bay and they seem to be to an extent but there's issues there that we could have another show about because <laughs> I, th- I think it's like an onion it, it's it's got layers but if you could you know you know the owner you're right needs to build a bridge and get over himself first potentially but mm-hmm. i still think i think your biggest problem is easterly i feel like he's that that kidding class that we all had whether it was in in early school or in middle high school that would run backwards and forwards from each group and then to the teachers and be the little the little rat that would tattletale i feel like mm-hmm. easterly's possibly that one that's you know poking at sores and then going, oh, it wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. I think he's the problem. We should sack him. Because have a look at how many players left within such a short time. Mm-hmm. They all left. They all left disgruntled. It's not like, oh yeah, I'm just. I want to change the scenery. They're like, no, get me the hell out of here. You know what level is the issue at? And I reckon he's the start. Yeah, my, hum- my humble. Yeah, there's there's definitely definitely some issues there. Uh, and, and and I will say this: like, even though we have. The, the Browns, we don't have actually front office dysfunction or head coaching dysfunction. Our dysfunction right now is tw- is, uh, our, is fans, is Twitter yeah. fans. Like, we're just – we create our own dysfunction on a, on a social media site. Um, so I, I, I'm staying well clear of that. Like I said earlier, I just want to have a bit of fun, chat to a few people, yeah. make some laughs, you know, reach out and have a, have a yarn with you boys and, and hopefully talk about brighter topics because – what I'm saying is actually quite disheartening, and some of it is is just unnecessarily personal and just like you know. Can we just hold a breath? Like it is literally for you guys. It's the first of Feb. It's the second of Feb for me. We've got some exciting times coming up with free agency period, as you said earlier. You know, the Senior Bowl, um, uh, um, Pro Days, um, uh, the draft, the draft, and 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 um, the combine. You know, we've got five really big things over the next three months that are being condensed to us. Can we just take a breath? Like the season's just over. We all right. acknowledge. We all acknowledge it did turn into a bit of a, into a bit of a, a poo show, and that's okay. <laughs> We're used to that. We've had right. it before. We've lived through zero and sixteen. We've lived through one and fifteen. Thank goodness, with the leadership that we have, and I'm and I'm sad, but also really happy for Kowasi. Because um, he sounds like a ripping human being that, you know, just could have been so valuable to the Browns moving forward. But who can blame a bloke four years, 12 million to run the Vikings, which seems to be another team, stable ownership. You know what I mean? Like they seem to be a, a fairly good franchise as a grand scheme. Yeah. Right. They haven't had the success. Cutler's maybe... not there. They got talent on, they got talent in certain places, probably need some defensive additions to correct their defensive side of the ball. But absolutely. On offense, absolutely. I mean, they, they got some studs. And Quessy has he has something he can work with there. He's not starting from scratch. He's got Absolutely. he's got some players yeah, on this No, you're, you're not walking into Jacksonville where you got a rookie quarterback <laughs> who just 
was beat up and abused. Uh, I don't know where I've seen that before. Tim Couch, um, David Carr, uh, um, Deshaun for, for a year behind a terrible offensive line. You, you don't have any skill players that you can really like say like. Oh, too. Yeah. I mean, they're they're second round running back. You know, missed the year with a foot foot surgery at the beginning of the season. It's it's, it's that that's a messy job and. Uh, you know, I've heard Byron Leftwich is the the front runner, the, the front runner for that job. Um, which would be kind that, of cool. that I would like to see. Well, the, the the big thing too is about that one is how is Trevor um, post that season? How is his mental state? You know, like he right. really, you know, I mean, we all talk about our, about Baker's mental state after this season, and I reckon it was shot and. If he read Twitter recently, it would be more shot. And that's why um, I think it was a good thing for him to get off social media. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm in neither camp. Can I just say, I'm, in, I'm not yeah. a Baker hater, and I'm not a Baker. What are they calling him? Baker Bro. Bros. Baker Bros. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bloke who, who's, you know, a little bit since learning more about analytics. I'm become. I'll, I'll get splinters in my ass. I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'm sitting on the fence. The play and the analytics. They don't always meet with him, but I'm happy to ride it out. And this is why I was, I was interested with all this talk about him going to Las Vegas and him going to Minnesota. That's all good and well. They're probably happy to pick up that 50-year contract, but we still then need to pick up, I think, another $11 million in cars contract, you know, because if you go, uh, or, or was it 19 for Baker this year? And I think cars, what, 25? Mm-hmm. So there's six there we've got to pick up. And I think isn't, um, isn't Cousins, isn't he late 20s, early 30s per year? Uh, his will be 35. Well, there you go. So we've got to pick up 20 million on him. I'd rather keep that 20 million, let Baker roll and put some of that money into number 90. I, I also think that, and, and personally, I, I look at it this way. I trust that Deep Podesta... Like everywhere Deep Odessa has been, he's been successful with his, his strategy. And I trust that Barry, him, and Stefanski will get it correct. Whatever the solution they they decide on is is what I trust with him. So I try not to sit here and like, we should do this, we should do that. So I'm like, no, I'm going to trust the guys that have shown that they know what they're doing to, yeah. to do it. As I said, the only, the only thing... I demand of them because I demand. No, <laughs> um, is is they re they re-sign Clowney number ninety. He yes. needs to stay. He looked happy. He looked comfortable. Him and Miles were feeding off one another. Miles, you got to pay him. I, I know, and that's why I'm saying don't waste that twenty million on cousins. I'm not not waste. That's not that's not fair. Don't use that twenty million that we've got there. Give a portion of it to Clowney to keep him happy and maybe this time put him on a two-year deal. I'd rather... I, I like the thought process of one- and two-year deals as proven deals because they can't get too greedy. We don't have to spend a ton of money and we can guarantee the portion that we really think they are and if they're not up to scratch that first year, we can get rid of them in the second. Just, just you know... Well, guys, we are all... We're actually... We're a little over our time... Sorry, and I tell you what, this was a great conversation, and we got to have it again. But before we end, 
we have to give our Super Bowl predictions. This has been going around Twitter. The the Bengals, Mikey P said it earlier, it's surprising <laughs> that they're even in the Super Bowl. They are. They go against the Rams. The spread is uh Rams are minus four and a half, the over under is forty eight. It's been going around Twitter. Is it okay? I'm gonna ask you this, David. Is it okay to root for the Bengals in the Super Bowl if you're a Browns fan? It's not no. okay. No. Um and, and it pains me. I was uh, I was happy for the Rams until a, a number less than five got onto that team um, One, because two, I had three, not... three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> because I had Matt Matty Stafford in my uh, in my fantasy team, and I was pumped to have him. Um, and I was I was happy for Matt Stafford. Um, and they're an NFC team, so you know they're not part of any of our conversations apart from maybe once or twice every four years. Um, but now I just want them to belt the living suitcase out of one another and play a zero all draw for a while. <laughs> what about you, Mikey P? Is it okay for a Browns fan to root for the Bengals? I think so. Here, here's my philosophy on it. I am a Cleveland sports fan, but I'm also a Ohio sports fan. I will not actively root for the Bengals, but as I was telling you pre-show, Los Angeles is the worst city in the United States. I hate everything about that from the traffic to the uh, coffee smog, the violence, the rudeness of the people there. Anytime LA can suffer, I want them to suffer bad. So wow, yeah, I want the Bengals to win. Screw LA. Can, can wow. I just say can, can I just can I just say the only the only um, the only caveat I will put on saying no and, and, a, and this year is probably a little bit of an, an abnormal year, but uh, I was happy for the Bengals for the memory of Chris Wessling. Um, the, around the NFL podcaster and, and sports journo and respected um, NFL brain, who obviously has a, had a long love-hate relationship with the Bengals, I was fortunate enough, um, as I said, when my daughter was born two years ago, and I knew that him and Keish were pregnant Shortly after that, um, I used to converse quietly and privately with Chris um, and show him photos. I go, this is the sort of stuff you've got to look forward to. Not knowing he was as sick as he was until a little bit later than this um, Mm -hmm. and knowing he was as sick as he was and seeing Mark Sessler, um, who I think we all kind of respect as as a Browns tragic like all of us, Mm -hmm. um, but also close, close friends with, with Chris, um, I think that is my only caveat that I have just that modicum of respect of what they've done considering they're the worst team two years ago and gone forward with their, 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 their draft selections, but more for Wes, really. That's, yeah. that's the only caveat I have is, is just that. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm only rooting for the Bengals just because, and I love California. Like I've been to San Francisco, amazing place, been to Sacramento, awesome. San Diego is my all-time favorite. LA is just, I don't know. I just had a bad experience twice there. Don't enjoy it. Uh, I, I, I just, I hate the fact that the media is always like, oh, sports can't be good without a team in LA being good. And I, I just think that's untrue. And it's, it's just a narrative that I think needs to change. Their fans aren't even like passionate. Like they're not even passionate. Like, I don't know if you guys saw that. Like 
the game last week was more 49er fans than it was Rams fans. But did you see what they did? Did you see that the um, SoFi Stadium and MasterCard? Yeah, they put restrictions. I tried there to would have been more. <laughs> and, Stub, and StubHub actually came out and said, we don't care. We want NFL fans there. And if 49ers fans there, you know, so be it. Now, before we go, I know, I know we're pressed for time. Around the block Browns, yes, the water does spin in the opposite direction than what it it does up your way. And who was my favorite Browns? It does. Fan? That's it not a, that, that that's a real Absolutely. deep thing. That is a real thing. Whether it's your dunny, your sink, or your um, your shower base, it all or dunny toilet, dunny blueies. Anyone that watches blue it goes this that. way instead of this. Yeah, way. Uh, uh, clockwise. Oh, uh, anti-clockwise instead of clockwise. Um, and 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 my my favorite Browns players when I was started following them and growing up. Uh, I think I highlighted earlier with with um, uh, Bernie and Reggie and that, but um, being a defensive guy, Michael Dean Perry and Clay Matthews Jr. My goodness, Clay Matthews Jr. How did he not get in the Hall of Fame? That's that's almost as as much level of injustice as Barry Bonds and and was it who else was it? Roger was it Roger? No, um, Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa, Roger, yeah, Roger Clemens, Roger Clemens, yeah, Roger Clemens and, and Barry Bonds. You know, not getting into the Hall of Fame. Those blokes should have been there, um, and 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 Bruce Matthew, uh, sorry, um, Clay should have been in absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. Well, I agree with everything you said. The Super Bowl's in two weeks. We are the three. We're three huge Browns fans, and I totally respect. Um, if you don't want to root for the Bengals, if you do want to root for the Bengals, yeah. where, where I'm at is I, I'm a football fan, but first I'm a Browns fan. And if we're talking about the Steelers and the Ravens, it's not up for discussion. I'm not rooting. No, for no, no. Those. Yeah, that, that's never happening. That, that's not I'm, happening. I'm, Let's I'm, just be I'm, clear I'm on that. Alicia. I'm with Alicia here. She just yeah. wants a good tight game. Yep, me too. Yeah. I absolutely. I want, I want to see a good game. game. I don't want to see a blowout. I don't want to see. You know, I thought last year's game was a bit of a a stinker. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm up for a really good game. I'm with you, Alicia. I am too. I, I'm up for a good game. Alicia, you said the same thing. Uh, we want a, a good game. And, you know, rooting for the Bengals, you know, let's put this in perspective. I might – do I want the Bengals to, to win the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. I mean, am I going to root for them? I'm not going to jump up and down if Jamar Chase hits a 75-yard bomb from Burrow. I'm, that's not how I'm going to root for them. Right. I, I just want to see a good Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to the halftime show. I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, but, hey, the Bengals are in it. I give them props, and, you know, I, I just want a good game. I'm with you, Mikey P. I've lived in Huntington Beach L.A., uh, not for me. There's just too many people there. The smog, you can't breathe. Um, so, yeah, Bengals in the Super Bowl, I'm cool with that. I want to see a good game. Don't really care who wins. But uh, if the Bengals win, it won't hurt my feelings any. That's where I'm at. No, and if, if the Rams end up winning, I, you know, like people, when I say the Rams, I don't want winning. Like people are like, oh, it's because you don't like OBJ. It's like that has nothing to do with it. I don't care about OBJ anymore. Like I, I've learned about that guy. Like he didn't want to be here. Move. I'm. I've moved on. It's. It's like. It's like ex girlfriends I used to have. You know, you move on after a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the Rams have a lot of great players on that team. I mean, you know, Matt Matt Stafford. I mean, he seems like a good dude. Uh, yeah, like Matt, Matt, Matt Stafford, and and, he, and his and his lovely wife. You know, the, the best bit about it, not having KC in it, is you don't have to put up with those two TikTok lunatics. Yeah, we don't so, have to have. Uh, 
Brittany Matthews and Jackson Mahomes and their, and their <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't say their names because I treat them like Voldemort. You know, don't say their names; and they, won't, they won't appear. But um, you know, hearing the story about about I think it's is it Kelly Stafford, Kelly, yeah. his wife. You know, she had six hour brain surgery, had to learn to walk again. She's a mum. You know, beautiful. Like you know, good for him. Matt Matt lived a, a you know a pretty shit existence in Detroit. Yeah, he um, had a tough go of it. Had a to real be honest. Job. I was secretly rooting for the 49ers to go and the 49ers to win the whole thing just so I could be like a game manager quarterback just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, but, talking about, you know, all these and in this year with all everyone talking about this person's elite, this person's elite, like a Trent Dilfer like quarterback wins yep, the yep, Super yep. Bowl again. Like this just throws well, everything in the chaos. For me it'd be also too, you kind of be happy for Kyle. Yeah. Um, you know, he seemed like a good guy when he was with us. I mean, you know, he He's really there's good clearly, at PowerPoint. There's, <laughs> there's, yeah, well, that clearly, that gets you out of places. Um, he, um, maybe you should have told ABJ. What? Who said that? Um, he, um, you know, he, he seems like a good bloke, and, and everyone who worked with him at Cleveland speaks so highly of him. He should have won that one in Atlanta. We all know that. Um, you know, it would be nice to get him get that monkey off his back. But, you know, it, it's hopefully it's a good game, and I'd like to see Matt win. But we'll see. That's, that's just it. You know, only Matt. No other Rams. I'm just waiting for the Pro Bowl. So the Super Bowl is like the that's that's the uh that's the entree. I'm, I'm or that's the appetizer. I'm waiting for the Pro Bowl entree. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the combine. <laughs> well, this was a fun episode. We learned a lot. We learned that toilet water goes the opposite direction in, oh, in Australia. Absolutely. Um, we uh we had a blast. You know, I had a blast with you last year. I thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks Definitely got to do it again. We have a lot of, a lot of off season, a lot to talk about. There's even more in my show notes that we couldn't even get to because of time. Sorry. But uh, this was fun. Before we go, though, I want to give yourself a chance to give yourself a plug and then remind everybody the Browns Backers Club that you belong to, where they can find you. Is there a Facebook page? I, you know, just if you could just give everybody a plug for, for you and your Browns Backers Club. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a, a, a Twitter page for the uh, – we call the M-Town Browns, so Melbourne Town, uh, at M-Town Browns 1. That's our um, – our, uh, our Twitter handle. We have got a Facebook page of the uh, Browns Backers Melbourne. Um, let me just, uh, I should have been better prepared than I am. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Brown, Browns Backers Melbourne, Melbourne Browns Backers, one of those two variations, you'll find us. Um, and then there's just me at, uh, at Grumpy Lifting Medic. Um, it kind of highlights who I am. Clearly, I'm a grumpy, grumpy man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're not following him, David on Twitter, you can also find him just by typing in David Evan Smith. I believe yeah. your Twitter handle just comes right up. So, oh, so, so give him a follow. He's a he's a great Browns fan, and and he lives on an island far away from here. Yep. Yep. And uh, he, he's a positive Browns fan. I've I've known you for a couple of years now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Give him a follow, Mikey P. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Yeah, man. Um... Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, next week we'll, we'll, we'll get into some more stuff. And as we get into the off season, thanks you guys for uh, the listeners and who all uh, watch us on Facebook and on Twitter and who download our podcast. We appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know. Good stuff. Well, I like to end all my podcasts with the go Brown. So if you gentlemen will join me on the count of three, one, two, three, 
Go Browns! Go Browns.